everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Lighthearted. My name is Anna. And my name is Bracey. And we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow. How have you been growing this week? Well, I feel like motherhood in general is obviously an adjustment, but like I'm having to practice what I preach about, you know, filling my cup first and like resting Mm. before I'm productive and things like that. So... Mm. Basically, that's looked like, like letting 20 minutes of cleaning be enough, even though there's like a million things that I could do or recognizing that I'm actually doing a lot of things well. I'm just not giving myself credit all the the time for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially managing mental load and knowing when to like, let it go, like just stop overthinking all of the things to because what basically what's happening a lot is like, I'm planning the next 24 hours in advance and like we need to do X, Y, and Z. And like, that is taking a lot of energy from me. So like knowing when to put that down. Totally. Well, and I would imagine like with a newborn, you can plan all you want to, but your day is going to revolve around whatever she needs. So it's just totally depends for sure. But I think what I'm running into is like the pockets of time when I know I can do something or, Mm -hmm. The pockets of time when I can do something, I'm like trying to get, I'm really trying to prioritize because of that. I'm like, I have to use this time wisely. And wisely means like doing the most important thing first, which is true. But, you know, there's a point at which I'm like really overthinking things. Um, Yeah. And also I feel like because I spend so much time nursing her, it's like, that's, I can't do something. So it's like, I'm trying to be productive by planning in my head the things I'm going to do. And like, that's all fine and good. But at some point it is not healthy. So yeah, for sure. Um, Ooh, yeah. I bet mental load parenthood edition. It's, to, it's really different and hard. It's so much different than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It's definitely something that I have a lot of thoughts on. And I will say though, the funny thing about prioritizing is like, I have all these ideas in my head and then I'm like, I, I get a pocket of time and I try to start doing something and I'm like, okay, step one, use the bathroom. (laughs) Step two, feed myself and like drink some water. Like I always forget that like, that's the first step. (laughs) Can't just go to washing dishes. Like I need to eat. Yeah. Oh, that's really, that's so interesting. And yeah, I would imagine like super complicated to figure out. Yeah. But it's a learning curve. We're working through it. So that's how I'm growing. What about you? I am growing in a physical way this week. I had my physical therapy appointment. I can't remember if I've talked about being in physical therapy on this podcast or not, but anyway, if I haven't, spoiler alert, I am. And it's been going really good. And today she was like, oh, if you are still feeling like this in a couple more weeks, then I think we can graduate you. Wow. So I don't think there's going to be a ceremony, which is pretty disappointing. Bummer. But (laughs) but yeah. Have so you had to I'm, do like homework, like at home exercises for it? Oh yeah, definitely. And she actually told me to do them less in the next couple of weeks to see if my body is like healed or if it's the exercises that are keeping me from not being like mm-hmm. in pain and discomfort and stuff. And so that's kind of interesting too. I was like, Oh, do less. Okay, sure. I can do that. I mean, she probably Um, knows that once people graduate, they just stop doing everything. And then if their body is not adjusted, then the pain just comes right back. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And she was like, you know, my hope is that people do these exercises 
one to two times a week indefinitely because this is what your body needs. But yeah, so I'm excited to be healed. Mostly that I am not waking up every day having like knee and hip and back pain. That's great. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. So that's how I've been growing. That's great. I'm happy to hear it. Thank you. Um, Okay. I'm pretty pumped about this episode. It is not for the faint of heart. So if this is like not your jam, please just just skip it. I will not be upset. (laughs) Yeah. It's all good. All right. So let's just jump in to your birth story. We need to start from the absolute very beginning. So go ahead. Okay, well, I feel like I want to pick up kind of where we left off at the second and third trimester because I think we were, I was maybe like 38 weeks when we recorded that. I was like getting pretty mm-hmm. close. Yeah. And I really, for some reason, thought it was going to come early. I know everybody says that and obviously it doesn't ever happen. But it was funny because all of our friends like kind of picked the day they thought she was going to come. And every mm-hmm. single like there was there was two days that nobody picked and she came on one of those days. <laughs> <laughs> she's independent. Yeah, no, she's she gonna, was like, not going to be told an unpredictable. What to do. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. um, so I... I wasn't even tired of being pregnant. I was tired of waiting. Waiting is hard. Like I had cleaned our house from top to bottom. I had done Mm -hmm. all of these like extra, if we have time, we'll do X, Y, and Z. Like we had done everything. And I was finally like, okay, I'm out of things to do. I'm like, I have nothing to do. I'm just waiting. Yep. (laughs) I'm literally waiting for my life to change. So that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) That is weird. But Um, also very cool. Yeah. Um, so it got to the point where I, I, we, I had 40 weeks and they started talking about induction and I mm-hmm. did not want to be induced. That was like the one thing I wanted to avoid because with induction, your chances of C-section go up, your chances of like having breastfeeding issues go up, mm-hmm. um, all of the things that I was basically trying to avoid. I didn't want to have to do it. So yeah. I was really, really upset when we got to like three days out, I was like, I'm going to have to be induced. Like, this is a real bummer. And I had yeah. a little bit of a, like, pity party for, like, 24 hours. And yeah, so I was like, totally you know, fair. it's fine. It's going to be fine. She's going to be here. You won't care at the end of it. And I was like, you're you're right. I probably won't. She'll be here. I'll be happy. And that – so I was going to be induced, let's see, on Wednesday night. And the way induction works is – well, at least with my midwives – they would – I would have gone into the hospital, like, really late at night on Wednesday night and – they would have put in like this balloon that puts like manual pressure on your cervix to open it. And then the next morning they would have started me on some drugs, which in- would have included Pitocin, which is like the n- normal um, induction drug that you hear about. Okay. Um, so that was like going to be a long process anyways. But as it happened Tuesday night, like just after midnight, I started contracting. So that was awesome. <laughs> I was yeah. like, super. <laughs> she was like, she was given a deadline. She was like, I'm going to beat it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Which is that sentence that you just said is probably not a commonly said sentence. Like I had contractions. It was awesome. <laughs> I, true. I was just really happy not to have to be induced. And also when I woke up, I woke up with the contractions and it, they weren't bad. So I actually ended up going back to sleep. So like, the okay. beginning was fine. And Seb got up and he actually worked for the first half the day. And they were still like picking up a little bit, but not really 
terribly painful. So he actually went to get me Jersey Mike's for lunch on Wednesday. Of course. And, and I was like, I'm going to have an Italian sub because she's going to be here. So like there, the risk is gone. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> so um, I fueled up for that. And by like 2 p.m., Things started to shift into gear, and he was, like, finishing up the few tasks around the house that needed to be done before we left for the hospital. And the way it works with the midwives is you're supposed to wait to call them. and um, Your contractions are supposed to be a minute long, five minutes apart for an hour. So, like, you have to be contracting, like, in that pattern for an hour before you call the midwives. Okay. So, Around, I think, 2.30, he starts to time my contractions, and I had three in a row that were a minute long, but they were eight minutes apart, so, like, not close enough together to really start counting. Okay. And I was like, I'm going to go shower. Um, And he was like, great, cool. I get in the shower, and I was, like, in so much pain at that point that I couldn't shower. I had to get out. (laughs) And I was like... Did you have shampoo in your hair? I didn't. I actually didn't even get to the point of wetting my hair. Like, that's how. Okay. It was, it was fast. Um, and so I get out and they start, they were coming like really close together and very intense. And so I was like, this is not fun. And I don't want to have to wait for like the, an hour. (laughs) Yeah. For them to like get into a better pattern because they weren't a minute long anymore. They went to like 30 seconds or something like that. Okay. And after 20 minutes of me just being in these like quick, really painful contractions, he was kind of panicking. So he was like, I'm going to call the midwives. Like, I don't feel good about this. I was like, okay. So he calls the midwives and the, he tells the uh, nurse like what my patterns are. And she goes, how long has this been going on? He's like 20 minutes maybe. And she's like, she literally laughed at him. She was like, yeah, you should come in. (laughs) And I was like, okay, but how was I supposed to know that? You told me. Right. A specific pattern. And you're like, I followed the directions. I did. And you're now telling me that your directions, like, I don't know, they're not wrong, but like, right. So, anyway. She's like, you're about to have a home birth, lady. Right. You need to get in here. (laughs) um, That was, we pulled out of here right around 3 30. And then, you know, checked in the hospital, all the stuff. The midwife was called. It took her a while to come. On the way over, I hadn't decided really about like, whether I wanted an epidural for sure or not. I was kind of mm-hmm. trying to I was I was wanting to do it without it if I could, but also I was like, this might be really terrible and I'm yeah. totally open to having an epidural. Sure. So in the car on the way over there, I was like, this is so painful. If <laughs> if I'm not really far along by the time we get there, I'm definitely getting an epidural. Yeah. Can you like- describe what it feels like? It feels like a really, really awful period cramp. Like, it's in the same location as a period cramp. Okay. But it is so painful. But, like, with a knife. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, oh, God, it was terrible. Okay. (laughs) Like, I, yeah. It was so much worse. I Because I had done a lot of reading about, like, how some people have pain-free births and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the breathing exercises and, like, unclenching your body. Because that's a big thing. Like, the the pain makes you tense up and the tensing, it, like, makes it worse. Let me tell you, it's really hard to relax your body when you're in a lot of pain. (laughs) That's really hard to do. So anyways, we get there. It took a long time for the midwife to come. And I didn't realize that, like, kind of in the commotion, they were like, well, if you want an epidural, you have to have an IV for at least 20 minutes. So I was like, hook me up. Right. (laughs) Let's get this in me. Because I still was like, I want to know how far along I am. Because if I'm, like, you know, pretty far along, then maybe I'll consider trying to do it without 
the epidural. Right. And so I finally get checked and I was already seven centimeters okay. out of 10, which is pretty far. Pretty um, far. Yeah. And then they did a couple of other things. Like there were a lot of people in and out of the room. And by the time I got checked again, I was, I think, nine and a half. So like progressing pretty quickly. <laughs> do they, when they check you, are, do they have like a ruler down there or like they are use they just eyeballing it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like how, however many fingers, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but they use their fingers okay. and like however like much they can feel the opening is how many centimeters you are. Okay. Got it. Um, but I, at that point, they had, they had asked if I wanted, if I was open to like other pain management types. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. And they were like, what about nitrous oxide? Cause that's like the lowest one that they give. It's laughing okay. gas. So I was like, yes, that sounds great. So they bring that in and it's like a tube that you breathe through. So every mm-hmm. time I was contracting, I would breathe through the tube and it would like give me, it would just, it would take just enough of the edge off that I could bear it. Okay. Um, It was still very painful, but like I could do it. So yeah. at one point they made me get up to try to go to the bathroom and I started to contract on the toilet and I was like, give me the nitrous oxide back right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> Were you scared she was going to come out in the toilet? No, but actually that happens a lot, a lot more than you think. People give birth over over the toilet all the time. (laughs) That's really Um, funny. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's something about the position. Like it's comfortable for people to sit there. Actually, people sit on the toilet backwards sometimes because it like gives you something to lean on. Yeah. Also, I know that laughing gas is not the same as helium, but I'm just imagining (laughs) it that way. Like. With me screaming like, and with a high pitched like voice. Like a chipmunk. And let me tell you, voice. I was screaming. Like, I was not a quiet birther. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I kind of love that for some reason. I mean, it was a little embarrassing when I was walking through the hospital, like getting checked in. They put us in a waiting room. Like, no, you don't see that on, on the movies or anything. Like, yeah. They just was, take you straight in in the movies. Yeah, no. I was sitting in this waiting room with a woman who was very visibly pregnant also. And I was like, I hope I'm not traumatizing you right now. Because <laughs> it is really painful. Yeah. But, okay, so laughing gas. They gave it to me, you know, at the end. Like, I was already nine and a half centimeters. But it took just enough of the edge off that I could get through it. And yeah. at one point, <laughs> it was funny because I knew going into it, I don't like to be touched when I'm in pain. So mm-hmm. that made, I knew that that might make Seb's job complicated because, you know, yeah. like most of the time the partner, birth partner is like massaging your shoulders or right. like whatever. And Holding your hand. Yeah, something. because that's supposed to help with like releasing good endorphins. And I, can't handle that. So. Yeah. You're like, this is going to give me bad endorphins if you do this. I mean, I don't know what it is, but he had to just, he was just standing next to the bed hovering, like not sure what to do because oh. I didn't want and him he's to touch like, me. And you're like screaming in pain and he's yeah. probably, he's like so helpless. And I was like, do not talk while I'm contracting. Like don't touch me and do not talk while I'm contracting. That, those were the two, <laughs> two rules. <laughs> so he was just standing there. And um, so he's just hovering by the bed. They bring the nitrous oxide. And at some point, the nurse and the midwife are like, we're walking out of the room and they, they're like, call us if she feels the urge to push. And he's like, Oh God, don't leave me. I'm not very nice when I'm in pain. So I wasn't like, I wasn't yelling at him, but I also wasn't being super kind at the moment. I I would imagine like that might feel like a lot of responsibility in a stressful environment to be like, 
I'm supposed to deliver that message that my <laughs> partner is ready to push. Like, yeah. okay, I'm now responsible like, for her. And yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I can't imagine that was funny there, but also comparatively, I yeah. think he had the easy totally. job. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, but as soon as they walked out of the room, I feel the, felt the urge to push. So I was like, yeah. go get them. And he was like, Oh God. Okay. I'll be right back. So he runs out there <laughs> <laughs> and they come back and. It actually took me a couple of contractions to, like, figure out how to push with the nitrous oxide, like, how to breathe the right way. And, like, they tell you to curl around your stomach and push. Okay. And so once I kind of got the hang of how to do it, um, she was out in less than 20 minutes. Wow, wow, wow. Was it, like, the longest 20 minutes of your life? No, actually, because by the time... I was ready to push. I was so happy because it was going to, it meant it was going to be over. Like I was like, okay, I can see the light (laughs) at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You're like, okay, she's coming. Yeah. Cause I mean, can you, it's like, it's the most pain you've ever been in and you have absolutely no idea how long it's going to last. Like the combo of that is not awesome. But like when you, you know, when you finally, finally feel the urge to push, it's like, okay, we're, we're at the end. We're getting close. Yeah. Yeah. And you know that, like, on the other end of it is, like, you get to meet your child. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, that's pretty incredible. Um, Okay. Did Seb watch her exit? Okay. So. (laughs) Excuse me. Her grand entrance. (laughs) (laughs) So, we had always talked about that he was not the type of person that was going to watch me give birth. with, And I'm not the kind of person that wanted him to watch me give birth. Sure. So, that was the plan. And Mm -hmm. when we were in the middle of it, I was pushing on my side. So I was on my left side and the midwife asked him to hold up my right leg. So Mm -hmm. he's standing there holding my right leg. We're all good. But at one point the midwife goes, Hey dad, look. And you know, when somebody calls your name, you like, you look. And so he looks over and he sees her head start to come out. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was the only time he looks. Okay. Yeah. He was like, that was enough. Yeah. Um, So, okay. So she comes out and then what? Like they're the midwife is holding her, and then what do they do? Like they give her to you immediately. Yeah, they, they put cut her. The cord? They put her on your chest immediately. The practices okay. with our midwives, they don't cut the cord. It's called delayed cord clamping. They like wait a while to do that so that all the cord okay. blood like gets to her. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna be totally honest. This is the part where I like my memory is the haziest because I they yeah. they always I had always heard that like you don't remember giving birth and. I think that's true to some extent, but like, I, I feel like the memories never really formed of like the first two hours after she was there. Like, I remember her being on my chest and I remember how happy Seb was, but like, I don't remember anything else really. I know that they were like, I had some tearing, so they were sewing me up and like, there were some issues with my placenta coming out because yeah, there was like some things going on, but I don't remember any of that. I just remember her being on my chest and Seb being really happy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Did they put her on your chest before they cleaned her off? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's just gooey. On I think they, they wiped her a little bit with like the blankets they had her in, but okay. I mean, and they definitely wiped her face off, but for the most okay. part, yeah. And honestly, that I think that stuff is good for their skin and like, there's some other benefits. So we didn't even have her washed in the hospital. Like we just, you know, they toweled her off and yeah, she's just, she didn't get a first up. bath until we got home. Did you end up doing anything with the placenta, like turning it into pills or like smoothies or whatever you can do with that stuff? No, I thought about it. And for those of you who don't know, that is 
thought to have benefits for postpartum anxiety and depression. But yeah, I definitely thought about it. I just never really did the research on like where you would send it or how to do that. Yeah, so I didn't gotcha. end up doing it. And luckily, okay. I have not had issues with either of those postpartum yeah. things. So that's great. Yeah, that is. That's awesome. Okay, so tell us her stats. What's baby girl coming in at? Okay, well, first of all, her name is Delaney Eden George. Cute. And she was seven pounds, 15 ounces, and 21 inches long. <laughs> That's so precious. Yeah. Have you guys thought about nicknames for her? Like, do you think you'll call her Delaney? <laughs> oh, <laughs> do you man. think you'll call her Laney? Do you think you'll call her Del Taco? Like, I know. What okay, well, happen? yeah. So our friend Britt looks up what nicknames for Delaney are when we mm-hmm. told her that we were going to name our baby Delaney. She like looked it up and Del Taco was one, which I love. <laughs> and she got us a little taco onesie, which is great. Um, so, so I feel sure that at some point she will probably be called Del Taco by some people. Um, yeah. I think Laney was the one that we were like leaning towards, but mm-hmm. you know, when they come out, they have their own little personality and it turns out she, <laughs> we call her little piggy all the time. <laughs> Because she makes these little snorty noises, and they're so cute and tiny. And then from there, that just turned into me calling her Pig, like Pig with a capital P. Yep. And that's just who she is, little Piggy. That's who she is right now. That's great. Yeah. So. You could absolutely dress her up for Halloween next year as Little Piggy. I know. Um, Or wait, what's her name? Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy, yeah. Yeah, We thought about (laughs) it. And when we were in Asheville, we like looked at all the pig things. We didn't end up finding anything we really liked. I was hoping to find like a Little Pig ornament because I've been thinking about maybe doing an ornament for each year for like, you know, was a good representation of her for for that year. Um, oh, I love and that. And maybe like doing a little journal of like why to include with our like Christmas decorations. Um, yeah. But we didn't end up finding anything. So still on the hunt for that. Okay. Yeah. So if anybody out there is aware of some cool ornament spots, hook us up. Yeah. So you take her home. How is that? How okay, is well, no, we home? have to. No, no. We got to do the hospital part first because. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. So she was born at. Like 6.30, which I don't even think I mentioned that. So basically, we left for the house at 3.30, and she was born at 6.30. It was a really okay. fast birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially, for, especially for our first birth. I mean, I technically was in labor from like midnight, and then she was born at 6.30 p.m. So yeah, um, that wasn't a super short labor, but like the hard part was really short. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, oh, I didn't even talk about getting passing out in the hospital. <laughs> I passed out. I passed out after they like asked me to go to the bathroom. And luckily, Seb or somebody said, um, you know, she has a history of like passing out. So Mm -hmm. he and the nurse like walked me to the toilet. I sit down. The nurse walks away and I pass out onto him. Like I'm just leaning over Mm -hmm. onto him. And so then at that point, I'm like, from then on, I had to be helped to the bathroom. Like they had this little cart that they would put me in <laughs> to roll me over to the bathroom. Um, so I didn't even stand up on my own for the first 24 hours in the hospital, which was its own kind of hard. Um, yeah. Cause I had to like, I don't know. It was just, it was a lot. So that was something also the second night that they're alive, they do something called cluster feeding where mm-hmm. they basically just want to eat all of the time. And she would scream anytime you'd even lift her off my chest so oh, wow. 
at one point I was so tired. I think I'd had like four hours of sleep at this point mm-hmm. um, in two nights. And I, at one point I just had to wake Seb up and ask him to like move a chair over next to my bed and hold her against my chest. Like just yeah. like she wasn't even nursing. She, I was just like, just hold her up because I feel like I'm going to fall asleep and let go. Yeah. And I slept for like an hour like that. <laughs> <laughs> so the other, and the, then the other thing was that I struggled with in the hospital was I had the IV and because of the passing out, they thought they were going to give me an iron infusion, which they end up, they did end up doing, but because of that, okay. they didn't want to take the IV out of my arms. And the nurses were like, kind of back and forth on whether they should wrap my arm to, for me to shower or whether it was going to get taken out. And like, because of mm. all the back and forth and whatever, I didn't get to shower until like, let's see, she was born on Wednesday night. I didn't get to shower until Friday morning. And by the time mm. I had asked so many times to shower, I cannot tell you how many times I had asked. I was like, can yeah. I please take a shower? I was literally about to cry by the end. Yeah. Of, I was like, I need to shower. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for I my mental health. So gross. Yeah. <laughs> so... Friday morning, we showered. We did – it, like, took a long time for them to get us checked out of the hospital, but we we went home on Friday. So – Okay. We stopped by Jersey Mike's on the way home from the hospital. <laughs> of course. What else would you be eating? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> this birth is sponsored by Jersey Mike's. It really is. <laughs> okay. How was the ride home? Were you freaking out? Honestly, no. I felt fine about it. Um, okay. it. I will say that we really struggled to get her in her car seat. All right, we have a visitor now, so you might hear a little squeaky in the background. But our guest of honor, yeah. Um, but we, yeah, we had some issues getting the, her in the car seat on the way out, and I—that was the first moment that I was like, "Oh my god, I don't know what I'm doing." Yeah, like the, the nurse was like, "Well, how do you loosen it?" And I was like, "I don't know. <laughs> Put a baby in this." Yet. <laughs> So we got it. We got it figured out. We got home. It was fine. Good, good. What's like the first thing you did when you got home? Definitely eat. Um, But I think that, yeah, I I ate first. And then I think I just remember the first few days I was mostly just feeding her and in between feeding her trying to sleep. And I had a really hard time getting to sleep the first few days. So like that Mm -hmm. was really cutting into the time that I was sleeping at all. So yeah, like my number one priority besides feeding her was like trying to get some sleep myself, which was hit or miss. Yeah. Do you think that the difficulty falling asleep was because like your mind was like going and thinking about like things that need to be done or was your body just I think it was hormones honestly I think it was like all of the the hormones that were trying to leave my system or whatever yeah there was a little bit of like overthinking at that point but it I don't think it was so much that it was really impacting my sleep but I yeah like sometimes I would lay down between the times that I had to feed her and not ever fall asleep I would just Mm. like she would get hungry again and I have to get back up yeah oh gosh that's really hard yeah um, okay. Well, how has breastfeeding been going in general? Well, it's harder than I thought it was. It's like a real skill set that you have to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw the lactation consultant twice in the hospital and one of them was like, I don't know, one of, one of them was, it was not a great experience. She was like, I'm concerned about whether she's getting enough to eat. And I was like, that's not what you want to hear from. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she was like, yeah, she's probably just using you as a pacifier. That's what it sounds like. I was like, oh, that is not like, great. Like, <laughs> I'm in a lot of pain right now. Like, that's not what I want to do. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it it was I we saw a lactation consultant at our pediatrician twice after that. Things were going okay. I was still in pain, which I know they say you're not supposed to be in pain, but like you know, she was yeah. eating and everything seemed fine. And then recently, we found out that she was not gaining weight as quickly as she was supposed to. Okay, so. We ended up having to do what's called triple feeding, which is where she eats at the breast and then she takes a bottle and I have to pump. Um, so that was a lot, like time wise, it was a lot. Yeah. Holy cow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Usually Seb was giving her the bottle while I was pumping, but like if he was working, I was having to like hook myself up to the pump and like make sure she was close enough that I could give her the bottle while I was pumping. It was like a whole yeah. thing. And then. Honestly, the thing about that that I hated the most is the the washing. Like, we had to wash all these bottles on top of me spending the time to breastfeed her. So, yeah. it was not my favorite thing. But Do she, you have to wash them after every use? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think you're – I mean, you're supposed to sterilize them after every use. I think that's totally unsustainable, so we don't do that. But yeah. I think that's what they tell you to do, that you're supposed to sterilize them every time you use them. Why? So. What's the point of that? Um, to keep bacteria out of the bottle, I think. Um, okay. So, yeah. We do sterilize. We just don't sterilize every time. Yeah. And we we actually love our pediatrician, which has been great. So, she was like, you know, if you have a bottle that she doesn't finish, it's probably fine if you, like, put it back in the fridge quickly and, like, use it one more time, which I was oh, like, okay, great. Thanks for telling me that because that makes me feel a lot better about, like, you know, the medical community usually is, like, very strict about baby stuff. Like, yeah. once, once a bottle's been out, like, it needs to be thrown away. And so, yeah, it's been nice to have because uh, our pediatrician is a twin mom, too. So, she, like, she totally gets it, which is really yeah. nice. Um, but cool. yeah, her Delaney's weight is back up where it needs to be. So we got told we could stop with the bottles and we'll have, we'll check her weight again just to make sure she's still turning in the right direction. But yeah, her latch has improved and all of that. So everything should be fine. That's so good. Yeah. Such a relief. Yes. But breastfeeding in general is a challenge. <laughs> yeah. It seems like it would be. That's yeah. just when I remember when we first were talking about it after you know, like a couple weeks after you had given birth and you were like, I just didn't anticipate the amount of time that I would be spending doing yeah, this. Yeah. She eats every two hours. And for the first six weeks, she it took her like almost an hour to eat most of the time. And then, so basically what would happen is I would sit down and feed her, finish an hour later, and then I would have one hour to do things. And, yeah. and then if I was by myself, it was like, okay, I sit down to feed her. It takes her an hour and then I have to get up and like change her diaper and like do whatever. And I might get 20 minutes to like fill up my water bottle and go to the bathroom. Like all of yeah. her needs tended to fill up most of that two hour time slot. And I would have like yeah. 20 minutes to maybe get, get something done myself. Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot of time. Yeah, for sure. How is your body feeling? Like at this um, point, I know we're like two months out. Almost. Honestly, pretty great. I feel feel very lucky that I think I felt more myself quicker than I thought I would. I did have tearing so that for the first two weeks was like pretty, it was pretty uncomfortable. And I had like, you know, to take care of it, which yeah, was, you know, just another, just another thing to do. 
Yeah. Um, but after that, I actually went back to the midwife to have that checked, like, at the two-week mark, I think. And she's, she was like, you're 70% healed already. So I was like, super. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And now I feel pretty good. I got cleared to exercise again. So I've been, I mean, I haven't done anything like major, but I've yeah. not had to be careful about like picking heavy things up or anything like that. Um, yeah. Which has been nice. So. Okay. What has been like the worst or the hardest part um, of postpartum? Oh, good question. I feel like that's probably a tie between just the like being tethered to her every two hours for feeding and Mm -hmm. the mental load. Like both of those things are really hard. And I guess they're probably a little bit intertwined because because of the time constraints, I like can only do so many things. Yeah. But like I said, I'm working on the mental load part, especially the Mm -hmm. other night I asked Seb, I was like, I'm going to go upstairs for an hour and like please don't interrupt me like don't like if she needs to eat make her a bottle yeah i think they're like there's nothing else that you would really need me for but like right. i'm gonna take an hour and be in the quiet by myself because that's the other thing is i literally don't spend any time apart from her like she is in my energy field all mm-hmm. of the time mm-hmm. and so to sit in a quiet room without another being. I didn't even let the dog in. I was like, nope, you, you like every creature needs to stay yeah. outside of You're this like, room. It's just me. <laughs> yeah. And I took a long shower and I read a little bit and it was so nice. And I felt so much better afterwards. So yeah, yeah working on it. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that you had mentioned that sweating was also oh, a big God. issue. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That was actually, <laughs> that's actually my answer. I changed my answer. Um, yeah. Okay. Like, I'll take the mental load all day if I could stop sweating. Yeah, because I've I've mostly stopped sweating by this point, so I kind I'd kind of forgotten about it. Um, mm-hmm. the sweating at the beginning is horrible, and I knew that it was bad. Like I had been told that it was bad. In experience, I have never it, heard this. Yeah, I think it like I it was not a thing that I heard a lot, but I I knew that like okay, postpartum you sweat, right? Like okay. Um, and I had heard that some people like sl- sleep on a towel or whatever to like. So you don't have to change your sheets every night. Yeah. Um, it was horrible. And like <laughs> that, um, that one hour I told you about that I slept sitting up with um, Seb holding her against my chest. Yeah. I woke up in a puddle of my own sweat. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I'm not getting like a puddle. And what yeah. is it that causes that? So it's the, the fact that you have so much extra like blood volume and like the amniotic fluid like all of the the fluids in your body have to get out somehow so like you pee a lot more than normal and you sweat a lot more than normal um and unfortunately postpartum sweating smells really bad so (laughs) i was i was showering once a day and like could have easily showered twice a day if i had time it was like the first thing i wanted to do when i woke up in the morning was shower because i woke up just really sweaty yeah, you're like, I'm stinky and yeah. wet. And we did <laughs> so. many, many loads of sheets. But yeah, so at that two-week appointment, I asked the midwife, I was like, how long does this keep going? Because, oh my God. Um, yeah. And she was like, usually three weeks, which was not true. Um, it was more like six weeks. And even still, like sometimes I start to sweat a little bit with my letdown when I'm feeding her. Mm. And I still don't smell great, but I, it's like way better than it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um. What is a letdown? 
Oh, it's like when you're, um, when you're breastfeeding and the milk, like when your body knows that like the baby's asking for milk. So like your milk comes up, starts to come out on purpose. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Some people have like painful, like there's all different types of symptoms that can happen sometimes with that down, but some people you can't even tell. Yeah. How is Seb doing? He's pretty good. I think, um, he definitely had a moment at the beginning. There was a night where, I had gone to bed early and he had her and she had cried for like an hour and he brought her in. He was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't fix mm-hmm. it. And like, yeah. of course, she stopped crying as soon as he handed her to me, which is yeah. not the confidence booster that he wanted. But also yeah. like, you know, she was inside of me for nine months. And yeah, I, I think the like the mother instinct that is so real. Like I yeah. sometimes I just know exactly what she wants. And I think it took him a little while to like learn that, you know. Sure. Um, but I think in general, he's doing well. Is having her like what you thought it would be at all? Like, or does it just totally like transcend like what your imagination was? Is it about what you thought? Like, what a good question. Um, I feel like it's pretty much what I thought it would be, but it is really good. Like, it's fun. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, obviously it's hard and, you know, I don't sleep as much as I used to, but. Sure. To- it's like super worth it. And like, I just really love babies. So yeah, <laughs> I really love babies. And I, every day I'm like, can you just stay this size and never get big? Yeah. 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 <laughs> can you just be a baby forever? Yeah. Where I do think that Seb really enjoys her, but I think that he will also really enjoy like when she gets a little bit older too. Yeah. So he, he has less experience with babies and I think that has probably impacted his mm-hmm. like adjustment period i guess yeah for sure okay also she looks just like me and he doesn't have that benefit so (laughs) sucks to suck i know i need to see a baby (laughs) picture of you oh yeah i'll have to dig one out i couldn't find one like easily the other day when i was looking but i wouldn't say she she's not my clone but she has all like very similar features to me and like similar coloring and all that so yeah um i feel like i got to meet her when she was exactly one month old, I came to her one month birthday party. Yes. And the thing that I was so struck by was her ears. (laughs) I just think I never considered her having ears, even though like, of course she does. And like, you know, so glad she has ears and they work, we know all that stuff. Um, but I don't know. They just, they're like full ears. Yeah, and they're so like they're tiny. They're fully formed, but they're so little. Yeah. Yes, I couldn't stop looking at her ears. I talked about them many times. <laughs> um, and she, they're great ears. They're yeah. so cute. Yes. They are so cute. We're big fans. Yeah, for sure. Okay, my last question is, have you done human design on her? Yes. Um, she is a 5-1 manifester. And, okay. um, okay, ma'am. Well, she had something to say about that. Yeah. Well, okay. So she's an ego manifester, which basically is like will and like I want. Like that is the ego statement, which not like not in a bad way. <laughs> it's just like her, it's her yeah. authority. So she like she ought to be following her yeah. desires, which is interesting. And mm-hmm. she's the same type as Taylor. So that's fun. I know. Yeah. That's very cool that that, that happened that way. Yeah. And her, um, her conscious sun gate is the gate of intuition. So probably she'll be pretty intuitive, which will be fun. Mm. 
It's been interesting. I haven't dug into it quite as much as I hope to, but um, yeah. I'm sure. You've been time. a little busy. Yeah. You'll get to it. Well, thank you so much for sharing this like super personal <laughs> part of your life. Um, it is really cool to hear it. Yeah. Well, just like everything else, I hope my experience informs somebody else. So yeah. that they know that they're going to sweat postpartum and they should <laughs> just prepare be to be sweaty. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We love that little taco. She's a cutie. She is so cute. And we will post a picture for everybody to enjoy. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, if you have any questions, feel free to email us at lightheartedpodcast at gmail.com. And follow along on Instagram at lightheartedpod. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.